You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 352 with Jen Smith. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Jen from the Frugal Friends podcast on the show today. I wanted to talk to Jen about being a little bit more frugal. And I think it's because in this time when inflation is crazy, the cost of living is going up, just feels like everything is so expensive. Like the things that we used to do and then now what we're doing, it just seems insane. And uh, I was actually looking at something the other day and in 2020, um, what the price was is about half of what it would be now. So there's like an, an amazing resort here that has a water park. If you're from here, um, you'll know it's Opryland uh, Resort and they have a water park. Well, if you stayed at the hotel, with well, the hotel's beautiful. It's a huge atrium, all that. I think you could get four tickets for $350 or something to get a room and four tickets to the water park. It's now $700 for the date I was looking at. 700 Okay, so from 2020 to 2023. And it's not over a um, holiday weekend or anything like that. I don't know. It's kind of mind-blowing to me because um, what we're going to talk about in this episode is that, you know, income and wages have not doubled, but everything else kind of seems like it is doubling. And so I think a lot of us think about like, how can we make more money? How can we work harder? And, you know, I do think that's a good option, but I also think that it can get to the point where you are just running yourself to the ground and then that doesn't work. So then we have to start thinking about other ways to think about things. What can we cut back on? Where are things that we want to cut back on and where are the things that we want to keep the same? And so I wanted to have Jen on the show because she's going to share a pretty inspiring story about her journey and what that looked like. And I I think it will help you guys to kind of reframe how to go through this inflation and how you kind of need to think of things differently because I don't think it's going back. Like, I don't think it's like, okay, well, everything's just going to go back to where it was. And if you feel like you're not saving enough money, or if you feel like you are overspending what you actually make, then this is going to be critical for you to listen to. So please share this with your friends. If you feel like they are struggling with inflation, the cost of living, all this stuff, and this would help them give, give them some encouragement, um, on what to do. Um, that would be great. And I'm super excited to get going and go to the show. Jen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So Jen, I like to ask icebreakers to start off the show because I like to leave my listeners a little bit more inspired, you know, before they started listening. Um, And the question that I love asking is what is one thing you wish you could tell your younger self? I thought about this and I, for like 12 milliseconds and uh, I think, yes. And I (laughs) immediately knew Mm. I would tell myself that seasons are not permanent, that that seasons change. Every decision you make can be changed. The next decision you make is not permanent. I love that. Yeah. That's what I would say. That's so good. What do you think that came to your mind so fast? Because I used to put so much weight on every decision that I made Yeah, and I, every 
thing that I did, I think, okay, now I'm, I'm doing this now. This is who I am. This is who I will have to be for the rest of my life or, or this is who I want to be for the rest of my life. And it, I mean, some decisions are right in the season and they can change and become not right in the future. And so you can make a decision today, uh, that you, you follow through with for a few days, a few weeks, a few months, um, and intentionally, not just accidentally yeah. fall off of. So right. I yeah. love that. No, I think that's so good. I, I'm similar to you. It's kind of like I, my husband and I joke around and like saying, it's like, we're like the forever, whatever you're, it's like, you're doing this forever. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you don't need to do this forever. And some people don't do things forever, right? Like people buy houses like every five, three, three or five years. I mean, so I think that's so good to remind people that you don't need to be in that place forever. Like if you don't want Mm -hmm. to be, you know? Yeah. I, I heard, I don't know if I heard somebody say this or I'm just like abbreviating or, (laughs) or something, but, uh, you're, you're the writer of your story and you have Mm -hmm. every right to throw them a plot twist. I love it. So good. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think that will leave people being inspired just listening to that part. So, okay, let's get started. Um, Jen, how about you tell us your whole name, where you live and how many kids you have? Yeah. So my name is Jen Smith, uh, and I married into the Smith name. So it's, Mm -hmm. I was not born with a super (laughs) generic (laughs) name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I have two kids, uh, both boys, Mm. uh, one is four years old and the other is four months old. Oh, that's so So cute. Yeah. We're in St. Petersburg, Florida, and it is a fun, fun life. That is cool. A lot of fun. Awesome. Okay. So Jen, how about you share with us how you got to where you are today and like what we're going to be talking about, and then we'll kind of jump into more specific questions. So when my husband and I got engaged, we had the money conversation and I had told him that I was in debt, but we didn't talk about how much. And I knew Mm -hmm. he had a little bit of school debt as well. And so when we came together and realized how much it was, uh, it was a, it was pretty shocking. We realized that it was over 70,000 and we hadn't even factored in my car at that point. I had totally forgotten about that. And my husband, fiance at the time, said, I want to pay off my student loans first, like as soon as we get married, because he Mm. had just graduated. And that was like, he's like, as soon as the six months grace period is up, I'm, I'm paying these things off. And I was like, I would like to live and have fun. Actually, Mm. Uh, I (laughs) would rather not. And he's like, I'm not going to force you to, but this is what I want to do with my money. And he encouraged me in that, you know, sit down to be like, what, what is it you really want to do? Not just like go to brunch, uh, go to happy hour. Like, what is it you truly want to do with your life? And I was like, go to brunch and happy hour. (laughs) No, you're like, no, I want to do that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That those are my life's goals. Uh, but at the time I was working in a foster group home on the weekends because I have uh, a big heart for foster care and, I was like, I would really love to foster one day, but I know that it is a big, big responsibility. uh, And a lot of your time is taken from you. And if your time is beholden to not just a child in care, but also 
an employer or uh, a number of other things that it can be beholden to, uh, then it makes that dream a little harder. But Mm. uh, he he kind of slowly got me on board being like, if we pay off our debt, if we sacrifice a few years on the front end, then everything we want to do in the future becomes easier as I, you don't have to work if you don't want to, if we want to foster, then you can, you know, have your time beholden to that and then have much more free time. And I was like, more free time for happy hour (laughs) brunch. (laughs) (laughs) And that was what sold me. Uh, and so we spent the first, what we thought was going to be the first five years of our marriage Mm -hmm. paying off $78,000 of debt. And when we got started, it actually only took us two years. And Mm. that was with two, uh, my husband losing his job twice and us buying a house. Wow. uh, In the middle when you could actually afford houses Uh, in 2017. So, Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) So that was how I got into being interested in personal finance and specifically frugality. Yeah. I love that. So I want to tie that into, because you mentioned this, right, with houses being more affordable in 2017, and now we're in 2023, Mm -hmm. and, you know, cost of living, everything is up, like up, 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 up. And so, you know, with you being able to pay off that much debt, buying a house, your husband having segments of unemployment, I think a lot of people would think there's no way that they could do something like that. Like, how did she do it? She must be making so much money, like only people who make a lot of money can do all of those things. So I want to talk about being frugal and, and because that is the main thing of what you do in um, your podcast and all that kind of stuff. I want to talk about that with just the economy right now and everything just being so expensive, groceries, just everything. And mm-hmm. I think people are always like, I just need to make more. I need to make more. But you know, you don't you don't always have control over making more. And um, but you do have control of spending less. And I do think sometimes people overlook that or overlook that, you know, and how valuable that is. Um, and so I would love to hear what your thought is, especially going through the time that you went through during that two years. I'm sure you had to scale back to figure out how to do that. And so I wonder what you learned during that time, how you could apply that to helping the listeners figure out a different way to start looking at their finances as everything starts increasing except for their paychecks. Yeah. So for us, it was always a balance between earning more and saving more. But at first I actually tried the, okay, we just have to earn more approach. Right. And (laughs) I took on extra jobs. I was working myself into the ground and within two months I had developed uh, shingles. I had contracted shingles from the stress. Yeah. And, and that was when that was the turning point for me when I realized you can't always make more, right? You can try and you always should be looking for ways to increase your income, but there is either a law of diminishing returns Mm -hmm. where the more work you put in does not yield uh, the proportional results yeah, or it's just not the season for it. It's just not working in that season. And so it has to be balanced with lowering expenses. And you can't control what inflation is doing right now. Recent studies have shown that the cost of living, uh, the inflation there has 
more than doubled the rate of um, rise in income. And so mm. we're looking at a cost of living expense that's out of control right now. And it's time to start looking at ways to really focus on shaving off the expenses that maybe we don't need. And it's it's very hard to start, especially when maybe you've had an income that has supported lifestyle inflation. Um, lifestyle inflation isn't a bad thing, but it does make it so that if you're living right on the edge mm. between your lifestyle and your paycheck, yeah. and one thing like crazy inflation happens mm. and you have to dial back, lifestyle inflation is what makes it difficult to dial back. And so that's, we have to start looking at what are those places in my life that I have allowed my lifestyle to inflate that maybe I was happy with even before I had this level of, um, income. What are the things I could buy that made me happy then that I could come and scale back down to? I like that. So when you're kind of talking about that, are you meaning kind of things like going out to eat, going on certain kind of vacations? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, it's it's like the types of vacations and mm -hmm. the places we go out to eat. Yeah. So it's not saying that going out to eat is bad and you can't do it because you're on a budget. It's saying, okay, if I have decided that I really value fine dining, then it's doing it less. Right. Or if you're like me and I just value not doing dishes, yes. it's <laughs> getting rid of all sit-down restaurants and mm. really prioritizing being able to do takeout more yeah. and, and healthy types of takeout. Mm. Yeah, so looking like at what you truly value, the, mm -hmm. the reasons behind why you're doing these things, and then just just shifting them accordingly. So you're getting what you really want, but not wasting money on the extra expense uh, that just comes with it that we don't, that, that comes from just not thinking about it. Yeah, I agree. What is, what is one thing that you feel like really stood out to you when you look back with paying off the 78,000 that you're like, if people could do this, obviously we just talked about one thing, but is there something that kind of stands out to you that you like, especially looking back, you're like, that was like such a key thing to do to, to get where you are today. It was a lot of, of little things. I think it was just staying on the journey. And I think having a partner to do it with really helped. That was really key for me is having my husband to be there and we were in this together sort of thing. When one of us was struggling, the other one had a little bit more left in the tank and vice versa. Um, but I think if even if you don't have a spouse, um, there's a great group of people on social media, TikTok, Instagram, that are working to get to certain financial goals, whether it's paying off debt or saving mm. or investing and okay. looking for certain maybe hashtags or accounts uh, where you could could bond with people. So not like these big personal finance accounts of people who have already done this stuff, but looking for the smaller accounts of people who are actively doing it. Yeah, I like that. So then you kind of feel like you're not alone, um, even mm -hmm. if you're uh, single or you're divorced or whatever, wherever mm -hmm. you find yourself um, at. Um, I do like that. One thing that um, stands out to me is people and their budgets. Um, I have 
asked this question over the years on how people manage their money and whatnot. And I do think this is kind of important, especially if people fall in the one category. And so um, I'll talk about the categories that I think that there are. So um, I feel like there's three camps that people kind of fall in generally. It's like you have the people who don't budget and and just kind of hope for the best and they may make enough. So it it works and maybe, the, and they obviously don't spend over that. Um, and so they're just kind of like, yeah, I don't really track it. I just kind of look at it time to time and I'm fine. Um, and then you have the people who track their stuff on Excel um, and maybe they try not to let their bank account go like below a certain amount um, either. And then you have the last camp who kind of like track everything in a software, um, do all the monthly budget, kind of like every dollar and, and stuff like that. Um, so I'm curious how you go about with budgeting your money and tracking your money. And do you feel like that really makes such a huge difference in regards to spending? So you might be surprised to find out that I am actually at my core, the person who doesn't budget. Mm. Like my, my dream life, <laughs> uh, pure yeah. me. Yeah. I don't budget. Okay. And you hope for the best. <laughs> and I hope for the best. Okay. Yes. That is who I am. My co-host of frugal friends, Jill yeah. is Excel. And when okay. I do have a budget, it is Excel. I wish I was a software person, but I'm very particular yeah. and I can't find a software mm -hmm. that works for me. I know it's challenging. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so there are people, there are people that are loving and obsessed with their budget software, but I, I can't get on board with any of them. So yeah, I, I have it. an Excel spreadsheet, but I use it when I am feeling a little anxious about money or when we have a um, a life shift. So my husband just got a new job. And so we are, uh, back to like tracking our spending, just getting like a, a feel for our budget. I can do, I can do no budget because I have been in personal finance and doing this for like, gosh, like 10, 10 years at this point. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've hosted a podcast about frugality for five years yeah, of that. Right. You know, so like I am at a place where that works for me. When you're starting out, I I don't care whether it's a software or it's an Excel, manually tracking your transactions is key to understanding what you are spending and what you are earning. And mm. if the amount of time you put into making your money is worth your time. That's a different subject, but it yeah. is integral to manually track your transactions, whether you're using a software or an Excel or pencil and paper. Do you feel like you can achieve so much in life, but your weight loss? Maybe you feel like you're stuck and you want to leave counting calories and dieting behind, or maybe you find yourself spending so much energy thinking about how to lose weight, what to eat, and even can you keep this off if you get to goal? I know for me, that was the case before 2019 when I lost over 50 pounds and I kept it off. And I want to help you lose weight the way that I did it. I want to help you figure out why is the weight a symptom for something else going on in your life? Because did you know that the weight gain is not usually based off of hunger issues? It's usually because you're not fulfilled in other areas of your life. So we go for food because it's a quick dopamine hit or a quick fix. So if you want to figure out how to live life without worrying about 
going to a party or going on vacation or staying at other people's homes without gaining weight, then this session is for you. How it works is you jump on a 30-minute coaching session with me. We come up with a plan right then and there so you can implement it the moment we get off our Zoom call. If you decide that you want to work that plan with me and have that weekly accountability for several months and dive deep to figure out what is really holding you back, we can do that too. But there is no pressure to do that. If you just want to jump on and chat with me and get your plan, that is a-okay. These mini coaching sessions are my way to give back to you guys. So I hope you take advantage of it. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at mominspiredliving. Or if you know this is something you really have been wanting to do, but you've just been sitting on the fence, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching and grab a day and time that works for you. If you can't find a day or time that works for you, you can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or message me at mominspiredliving, whatever works best for you. This will all be in the show notes so that if you forget what I just said, go to the show notes and you'll get all that information. I can't wait to chat. Now let's get back to the show. So when you do your spreadsheet, what, do you just kind of put them in categories? Like, cause you know, if people who struggle, people who are like you and they're like, I don't really budget, but maybe I should. It's like, this can feel very daunting. So mm-hmm. what are some tips, especially coming from a person who does not like to budget? Like they will be like, oh, this girl's my girl, but like, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm going to hear what she has to say. Cause she doesn't naturally lean this way. Yeah. So yeah. the first thing that we tell people to do is find out what you have been spending on. So that will jog your memory memory when you do spend again, because some of the transactions we make are pretty mindless. We make them out of habit. We don't even realize that we've made them. So first go back through the last 90 days and take a transaction inventory. What have you been spending on? Mm. Uh, you can get that in your, your online banking. Right. Uh, so you can just copy and paste or download a CSV and just look at uh, alphabetically sort it and see what you have been spending on what, and then sort it by date and see kind of what times of the month and where you like, even down to like, what was I doing before and after this expense? Because sometimes um, we can make a purchase solely based on where we are driving to or where we are coming from. Mm. Uh, So thinking about that stuff on purchases you've already made over the last 90 days. And then once you've done that, then start tracking and just try it for a week. Tracking for a week, you'll be more in tune to what you're spending because you already have seen what what you're spending on. And it'll it'll just be a little challenge. It won't be this daunting task like, oh, I've changed my life. Now I track my spending for the rest of my life. It's just a little change. Uh, And then you can start to make smaller life changes uh, to simplify your spending. The the beautiful thing is the less we spend, the less we have to track. Uh, It becomes easier to do. Uh, So kind of start with that and see how that goes. and then work up to making these, you know, month long spending plans based yeah, on it. I like that. Um, so I'm curious what, when people find out kind of you host this podcast that you do the finances and you're frugal, where do you feel like you look very frugal compared to say someone else? I, 
I probably, I think I've been doing it for so long. I probably won't give a good answer because there are things that I do that Mm -hmm. I, that are frugal Mm -hmm. that comparatively the people are like, that's not frugal. And then there are other people that are like, oh my gosh, you spend nothing. Um, so I think one of the biggest things is cars. Okay. We only buy used cars, but we don't buy beaters. So we have, I have a minivan that I bought used, uh, at a great deal, got a great rate, uh, and I have a loan on it. Mm. So it's not the goal. The goal was not to be completely out of debt. Yeah. Uh, The goal is to be smart about our expenses. And if Mm. maybe if it was, you know, my last car that I bought in 2019, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I paid for cash. Um, but the car market is different now. So yeah, yeah, it's taking that into consideration too. And, um, so, so yeah, I don't buy brand new cars. Um, but I buy a lot of Starbucks. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is good. This is good. Okay. Because I feel like when people just hear frugal, it's like mm-hmm. your life is going to suck. You're going to buy nothing, right? And right. Um, okay, so let's talk this through because I like that you're not all or nothing, black or white, because I do think people kind of jump to this, like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do anything. I'm going to have to get rid of all this. So um, so for you, is Starbucks just important enough that you're like, I just got to figure out how to work it in the budget? Yeah, I mean, I love... It's just a, a, a comfort a mm-hmm. thing for me. Yep. Uh, that's all. I mean, and, and Jill, uh, my co-host, mm-hmm. she hates Starbucks. She hates Starbucks oh. and Target. And, Wait, what? I'm sorry. Target right? and Starbucks. Okay, it's a good thing I'm interviewing invited, you. Okay, because I right? won't be able to understand that. She wasn't that. invited here. Yeah. She, <laughs> but, does, she does excel. She doesn't like Target and she doesn't like Starbucks. I'm like, Wait, yeah. huh? And I love her to death. She is my literal work wife. I love it. Um, but... Yeah, I have made kind of like, so the 80-20 rule, mm-hmm. we focus on the 20% of actions that get us 80% of results. Yeah. And in your finances, in your expenses, that's housing, transportation, and food. Mm. Housing and transportation are our biggest expenses year over year, but you make those decisions maybe once every three, five 10 years. So you can't hone in on them as much, but when it is time to make those decisions, you should spend a lot of time with them Mm. so that you can save as much as possible. So that leaves you with food, which is our, you know, third, most Americans, third largest expense, sometimes second, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes first. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a decision you make every day. So instead of looking at everything you could be lowering in expense, everything you could be saving money on or depriving yourself on, focus on the big things first, housing, transportation, food. And food, a lot of that comes down to just being intentional. So with the meal planning, if you're somebody that doesn't like to cook, Planning your takeout, not falling prey to, oh, I'm going to cook at home seven nights a week, <laughs> knowing full well that your lifestyle and personality does not support that. Yeah. Being honest and planning for this stuff, saying no to other things so that you can say yes to the things that matter most to you uh, and, and really focusing in on those big three first 
And once we feel like we have a handle, especially on the food thing, then we can start to look at, uh, at other things. It doesn't yeah. mean you've mastered meal planning. It does right. not mean that you are eating at home seven nights a week. Yeah. Um, it means you have taken the time to learn the skills of meal planning, um, sticking to a list when you grocery shop, making simple meals, actually following through with your meal plan. That is a skill. Yeah. Yes, it um, is. Yeah. And so once we feel like we've honed in on those, then we start with the other things. So negotiating monthly bills and, you know, all of that. So yeah, I like that. That's, that's kind of how you can get started, like have a handle on the big stuff first, because there are so many things you, you could spend oh, your time on. For sure. Um, and you just, you, you physically, mentally can't focus on all yeah, of them. Correct. I was going to ask you, so when you were paying off your 78000 what did you find you really pulled back on? Definitely eating out, mm -hmm. restaurants, anything yeah. that I had to tip on, um, I pretty much gave up. And that's not because I don't like to tip. It's because I value not doing dishes and not cooking. Yes. That's what I valued more than having a really nice meal. Mm. Uh, I, I, you know, give me Taco Bell any day. If I could sustain myself on it, that would, I would be fine with that. But I know that health wise, I cannot. Maybe not. Yes. Right. Yes. So, uh. so I don't, but I could. Well, what's so, your thought? So, let, let's talk about tipping really quick. What is your thought on everybody wanting a tip these days? Because I feel like that could really eat up money so fast, but then you kind of feel mm -hmm. like a jerk if you're not doing it. And so I'm curious, like what your thoughts is on this and what is Jill's thought on this too? Absolutely. <laughs> so we have, okay. So we just did an episode on tipping. And so okay. what, what we do on the show is that we ask people or we yeah. research, what are people Googling? Right. And then we will go to Google and see if the articles on the first page are right, or if they're just a puff fluff oh, pieces. Yeah, sure. And so we we looked at two different articles about tipping written by etiquette experts. Okay. And we kind of parsed out where you should be tipping all the time mm. and where it's okay not to tip at all. And, and we really did dive into some tip shame and some tip guilt. And yeah. Jill, Jill told a story that actually involved both of us mm. that involved some tip guilt. And it's a very, it, I don't know if it paints me in the best light, but you should listen to the episode okay. of Google Friends Podcast um, to, to hear it. And you can make your own judgments. Remember, I, I like Starbucks and Target. <laughs> <laughs> so as, so yes, I do think that would be great for them to hear more in depth, but like, let's just use Starbucks and let's just mm -hmm. use like quick food services. What okay. is your general yeah. thought on the, on the tipping on that? So uh, I will use coffee shops in specific yes, because I, I talked about this on the show. Um, when you go to Starbucks, that is class categorized as fast food. Mm. Um, it is the same drink every time, everywhere. And so you do not have to tip there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, sometimes if you have a complicated order, you should mm. tip. You, you mm. should tip them. I see. If you're that person, if you know you're extra, be extra. Um, but also yeah. give extra. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so that's a that's rule of know. thumb okay. there. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you'll go to a coffee shop, like a really nice coffee shop, and they'll do, they're doing latte art and their lattes, they're doing house-made vanilla. And it is as complex, if not more complex than a cocktail. I so see. if you're going to someplace like that, mm. then then yeah. And okay. you're getting like more than just a cup of coffee, for sure. A tip, just like you would tip a bartender. I see. So, that's kind so of good that's to know. Kind of, yeah. yeah that's, okay. That was my Yeah. Point. Because yeah. I mean, that does get challenging. I mean, if you start looking up how many times you're tipping now that you weren't doing before the pandemic, it, it you could be like throwing your budget off completely, you know, mm-hmm. yes. especially if you and, go out a lot. Yeah. And, and the source, I mean, the wage stagnation is not a good enough reason where we should be tipping everyone. I think mm-hmm. we should be doing other things to, to fight against sure. that. Yeah. Um, but typically if, if the person is paid a wage, um, then tipping mm, is not really, yes. I mean, it, it's a little different for like, you know, hairdressers, dressers, massage therapists, you know, people that own their own business, mm-hmm. it can get murky. Yeah. Um, yep. But it definitely always a hundred percent. We are tipping when people are making, um, half wages because, because yes. they're tip earners. Yes. Got it. Okay. That is helpful. Okay. So Jen, we're almost at the end of the show. I wanted to ask you, um, what is your thoughts with kind of like habits that you would say, like, let's build upon these that people may not realize um, would be very helpful. You know, it kind of goes back to the all or nothing. There's like, I can't do it. And I always talk about this, um, like everything compounds. So, you know, it's like little by little, it's like it all stacks up. What kind of things stand out to you that people may not just be aware of, but it could really make a huge difference? Yeah. Honing in your focus. I'm a big fan of The One Thing um, by uh, Tim Keller and Jay Papasan. And I pretty much live my life by it. And so it's, uh, you know, what is one thing that you can do that by doing makes something else down the road easier or unnecessary? So when you focus, so that's how you choose your one thing. But what is more important, regardless of what you choose, it, it, that doesn't matter as much, regardless of what you choose is to focus on it fully is that we are not pursuing three goals at once. We're not juggling, uh, different aspirations and things that we're trying to accomplish all at the same time. But when you really want to do something, that's what you're doing. Mm. And it doesn't have to even be until you get it done. If you want to set aside one month, one year to focusing on your finances and paying off as much credit card debt as possible or as much student loan debt as possible or saving um, for retirement as much as possible, you do that. And you do only that. We're not, we're, we're not trying to lose weight. We're not trying to, you know, whatever else, whatever other yes, things right. we're trying mm-hmm. to do as moms. Gosh, I just had a baby four months ago. So that's, you can see where my head's at. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not trying to do a bunch of things. Yep. We're trying to do one thing. Mm-hmm. And when you can focus on one thing at a time, you will do that thing light years faster than mm-hmm. you thought. Because we yes. thought it was going to take us five years to pay off our debt. 
but because we made that our only goal and all the things that we did, we chose yes or no as it related to supporting mm. that one major goal. Mm-hmm. We did it in two years. Yeah. And we would never Amazing. have done that if we were, you know, kind of in trying to do, you know, trying to pay off the debt, save mm-hmm. for the house, save yeah. for retirement, uh, save for a car, all these competing goals. And life will come at you. And sometimes you'll need to, like when we were paying off debt, we, our landlord said, Hey, I'm going to Airbnb your apartment. So you need to get out of it. And we we didn't want to sign a year lease. Um, so we paused that one goal and Mm. made our new one goal saving for a house and getting a house as quickly as possible. And then once that was done, we went back to the original goal, or we could have re, um, you know, reevaluated and maybe chosen a different goal. But Mm. the thing is, is that you're focusing on one at a time. Yeah. I think that's so good. I agree because, uh, you know, when I, when it was 2019, I wanted to lose weight and I was also trying to figure out how to grow the podcast and I met with somebody. So I'm a life and weight loss, uh, certification, uh, certified coach. And I lost over 50 pounds in 2019. And the, the advice that I got was pick what you want to focus on. And so exactly what you're saying. And so I put the podcast to the side and then focused on that. And, uh, you know, I was able to lose 50 pounds in the, in actually 10 months. So, um, you know, and I don't think I would have been able to do it because I think why I was struggling before is because I was trying to do everything was at the same priority. So it's just like, yep, yep, I'm not doing it. And so I agree. And I think that's so good. And that's one thing that I like to teach my clients. And so I think that is so good. And I'm glad that you mentioned the house because I remember you saying that, that you bought a house while saving or paying off the 78,000. And then you're saying, don't do that. So I'm glad that you like <laughs> went back. Cause I'm like, wait, how did she buy a house and she's paying it off? But that makes sense. You're going to get kicked out of your apartment. So that is good for people to know that they may have to pause because life mm-hmm. circumstances are being thrown at you that you weren't anticipating. And, but if you can control it, stay focused on that one thing. Yeah. Life happening to you is not an excuse mm. to, to give up. Yeah. Because you want life to happen to you. Yeah. You know, life may not always happen to you the way you want it to. Yeah. But if life is not happening to you, you are not living. True. And so that just entails things going, you know, outside of your comfort zone, outside of your vision of how you think they should go. Uh, But that's a, you know, that's a gift. That is a, that is a, an opportunity to pivot, learn, flex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not a reason to pause, give up, try again later. You know, all yeah. these excuses we tell ourselves because things didn't go the perfect way we had them envisioned in our mind. Yeah, so true. All right, Jen. So where can people find you? And I will also make sure I put this in the show notes. Yeah. So, uh, we are at frugal friends podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast and we have a free newsletter three times a week where we will share, um, free food promos, money saving tips, uh, values based spending wisdom and encouragement. And that's at frugal slash friend letter. 
Awesome. Instead of a newsletter, it's a it's friend, a friend letter. letter. I love it. You're yeah. getting a letter from a friend. That's so cool. Yeah. It's like All a right. text from your bestie. Yeah. I uh, like about that. About ways to save money yes. but in your inbox. Yeah. I love it. All right, Jen. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was so great talking with you. Yeah. It was great to talk to you. Thanks so much for your questions. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more on how to work with me, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching. See you there. 